We've all felt it, that nagging feeling that our work isn't good enough, those overwhelming sensations of self-doubt. Most people are familiar with the concept of imposter syndrome, and these days that's the go-to label when we share any uncertainty about our success. But is it always imposter syndrome? I don't actually think so. And today on the podcast, I'm breaking down why I think that, how to know if you're self-sabotaging or simply self-assessing, and why it's really good news either way. I'm Melissa Rogers, recovering supermom, corporate dropout, and CEO of a successful online business that I built from scratch with a baby on my hip. Through lots of trial and more error than I'd like to admit, I've built a thriving company that impacts thousands of busy, high-achieving moms around the world and gives me and my family a life and future that we had only dreamed of before. I created the Self-Made Mamas podcast to bring you step-by-step strategies and inspirational stories that will help you design a business that gives you the life you really want and the future you've been dreaming of. If you are an ambitious business mom or one in the making, you're in the right place. So let's get to work. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Today, I want to have a difficult conversation with you. And I say difficult because this topic is something that is going to be kind of hard to hear for some of you, and it might feel a bit harsh at first. I want you to know, first off, that the purpose of this podcast and the purpose of all my content, really, is to help you achieve massive success in all the ways that are actually important to you. So I want to be clear that when I'm tackling topics like this, I'm doing it with your best interests in mind. I don't ever, ever want to discourage you. But I want to help you be your best. So to get the results you're actually looking for, I would rather have a hard conversation with you now and not see you give up when you don't get the outcome that you're pushing for. I believe that that's what a good coach does. And even though this is a podcast and not a private coaching relationship, I really want it to have impact for you. And so that's why I'm going to tackle these topics this way. So today I want to talk to you about this idea of imposter syndrome that we all talk about so often and how I think we need to be really careful about labeling everything as imposter syndrome instead of doing the deeper introspective work that really leads to results. So first of all, let's talk about imposter syndrome and what that is. The Harvard Business Review defines imposter syndrome as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. People who suffer from imposter syndrome suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that overrides any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. So that was kind of a mouthful. Let's break that down. Imposter syndrome in your business is when you feel like your skills are results and by association, you are not good enough despite clear evidence to the contrary. So if you're suffering from imposter syndrome, you might feel like you're a fake, like people are going to find out that you're a fraud, like you're just kind of pretending to be good at what you do, even though you have very crystal crystal clear, obvious proof that you are good at what you do. And an important question here is, what is clear proof? What does that look like? And I think the answer is different for every niche and every person. But some examples of this could be... um, really good reviews from paid customers, really good feedback from people consuming your content, uh, having attracted an engaged audience, seeing lots of sales of your products or any sales if you're first starting out. Uh, another example would be obtaining some kind of designation or qualification in your area of expertise. Obviously, we need to account for the time that has elapsed since we started 
um, because you're not going to have the same amount of proof if you've been doing something for three or four years or if you've been doing something for three days or three months, right? So obviously everything is relative and you need to be mindful of that when you're looking for proof. Um, And also different niches uh, have different sort of kinds of proof and different amounts of feedback, right? So like, for example, if you are in like a human service field, like you are a therapist or something like that, the sort of proof of results is going to be very different than if you are, I don't know, like a personal trainer, right? And you're helping people lose weight or something like that. So when I have a client that's struggling with really clear imposter syndrome, one of the exercises we do is to sit down and create a collection of proof that they're really good at what they do and that they're seeing success. So it's kind of like the opposite of a burn book. Um, it's a brag book. And I ask them to do this so that they have something tangible to refer to when they're feeling those fraudy feelings. So now we know what imposter syndrome is, and it's super likely that you've experienced this at some point, because honestly, we all have, and it might not have been about your business. Really, we can feel it about anything. Um, for me, it comes up a lot of times, at, like in my motherhood, like I often feel imposter syndrome around being a mom. Um, and I, I know I have many friends who've experienced the same thing. So I think we can all identify with those feelings, right? We know we're doing a good job, but we feel like we're not. Um, but what I really want to talk about today is the situations in which it's not imposter syndrome. So these are the situations in your business where you're feeling less than confident about your work and you don't really have any proof to contradict that and you're trying unsuccessfully to sell your offers. So we have this narrative out there in the entrepreneur space that basically says, fake it till you make it, just go for it, just take the leap, like you just have to get one person, like that kind of stuff. I've even said some of those things. But what I don't see a lot of leaders saying is, hey, guys, if you want to sell something, particularly if you want to charge substantial amounts of money for it, you need to be good at what you do. And in fact, if you want to build a profitable and sustainable business around something, I really suggest that you strive not just to be good, but to be excellent. Here's why I think that. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, when I die, I hope people talk about how I was pretty all right at what I spent most of my life doing. And nobody says like, man, I hope someone thinks I'm not the worst option they've ever seen and buys from me today. Like nobody wakes up wanting mediocrity out of their day and out of their life. And they certainly, I think for most people, they don't want to be perceived as mediocre, particularly entrepreneurs. Um, so I think if you're an entrepreneur, like you need to want to be great at what you do because you're not Walmart and you're not Amazon, like you're not the dollar store. Those businesses, they have usually less than 5% net profit most of the time. Like I'm pretty sure Amazon's net profit um, in 2019 was just over a percent, right? And obviously with the volume that they're doing, that's still, I'm like in the like multi-millions of dollars, even billions of dollars, right? But they rely on astronomical volume to sell billions of dollars of low quality stuff to millions of people. And my guess is if you are listening to this podcast that you don't have a multi-billion dollar marketing budget, which means that you really can't get away with selling meh services or products and still create consistent profit. Like you really have to be great and you have to be always striving to get greater. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about entrepreneurship because it just like it pushes you to new levels, right? It's not, it's not a job where you can shun responsibility for 
Um, not that all jobs are like this, but it's, it is not a job where you can shun responsibility for the end result, right? A lot of like really big companies, you know, people are kind of like a cog in the wheel, right? And so it's very easy to, um, to not take ownership of, of your role or to not take ownership of the results the company produces. And so many company cultures often, you know, discourage that, right? Just in the, the way that they operate. But as an entrepreneur, particularly a solopreneur, you don't have that option. So here's the tough part of this conversation. If you are not extremely confident in the quality of your work or actively developing your skills to get to that point, it might not be imposter syndrome. It might be that you need to spend time improving what you bring to the marketplace. Now, if you're feeling immediately offended by that, please don't turn this off. I want you to sit here with me for a minute and I want you to kind of sit in that discomfort. And if you feel like I'm hitting a nerve for you right now, it may be bringing up really awkward feelings, feelings of shame and feelings of embarrassment. And you may be having a physical reaction to considering this, right? If that's the case, I really want you to know that there is nothing shameful about this. I want to give you permission to acknowledge where you need to improve and strive for those improvements. It doesn't matter if you are just starting out, if you're in the first few days or weeks or months of your business, or if you're a more seasoned entrepreneur, we all have to be constantly improving. And the thing is, if you are in a place in your business where you're not seeing that sort of proof of success, if you're in a position where you're not seeing results, where you have no proof that what you're bringing to the market is actually competitive, then clinging to the idea of imposter syndrome instead of making what you bring to the market competitive is not going to serve you. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to want to be excellent. That desire is what's going to drive innovation. It's what gonna, it's what's going to drive improvement and it's what's going to provide longevity for your business. And all of those things are going to create profit in your pocket. So here's an example, because, you know, I'm not going to just go at you about this and, and not share a personal example. So years ago, I had a cake business and I was really, really good at the baking part. Um, everyone would rave about like the the taste and the, you know, the texture and all those things that people talk about when it comes to baking. Everyone would rave about that. But I felt very confident about that part. But to be brutally honest, I was just okay at the decorating part. I wasn't excellent. I never felt 1000% confident in my decorating skills. And so I always undercharged for my cakes because I knew that they had flaws. And I knew that they weren't as good as some of the other things that were on the market. Um, I knew that I was better than some people, but I wasn't the best and I wasn't competing with the best either. I just wasn't at that level. And so I didn't, I always undercharged and then I never invested in the tools and the learning that would have taken me to the next level because I didn't have any cash flow in the business. Like I wasn't even profitable after adding up all the ingredients and all the endless hours of time. Like if you're somebody that's ever made uh, like fancy custom cakes, like, you know, like they take so long, particularly if you're not actually excellent at it and you're not, you know, running it like a business and you don't have a system. Um, and now like, you know, I, people still bought from me. And I had, I had pretty steady customers and customers always came back to me, but deep down, I felt like they came back to me because my prices were so reasonable compared to sort of the, the better skilled bakers in the area. 
And so I never increased my prices because I felt like I only had customers because I was undercharging. Um, and you know, this could, this extends to all different businesses. This is obviously not just to do with cakes, but this is just my personal example. Because now when I see my friends and clients who have baking businesses and I see the kind of stuff that they make, I'm just like blown away because their skills are so far beyond mine. And honestly, like they have the sold out books to show for it and the profit to show for it. Like they are excellent. And people see the value in paying them, you know, five or six dollars a cookie or a hundred dollars for a tiny little cake because they are producing like incredible products, like just jaw dropping cakes. Um, and like these incredibly like intricate cookies and things like that, right? Just, just incredible stuff that your, your average Joe cannot recreate. And so people see the value in, in paying them you know, paying them a higher ticket for those items. And they can easily build a six figure baking business because honestly, like they're the effing bomb at what they do. And if they ever feel inadequate, they have bucket loads of proof that that's not the case. So could they always learn more and improve? Obviously, like we all could always, but what they're bringing to market right now, where they're at right now is amazing. So I want you to know that it's okay if your work is not amazing yet. What's important is that you know that and that you're working towards it because I believe that working on your craft is just never ever a waste of time and bringing better offers to market is never a waste of time. Putting the blinders on and blaming your lack of results on imposter syndrome is a waste of time because the whole time you're doing that, you're not striving for the excellence that is going to unlock the outcomes you want. And again, I really believe that if you are an entrepreneur, you have to want to be excellent. Otherwise, what's the point, right? You know, as an entrepreneur, it's it's your job to innovate. It's your job to, you know, bring new solutions to problems that people have. And if you don't feel driven to do that, and again, it's okay if you don't. I really... I really want to stress that there is no shame attached with any of this. There's absolutely nothing to feel shame around, whether you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe you're, maybe you're an artist and you're just kind of getting started. You're just honing your skills and you're looking at your work right now and going, mm, I just, I don't know if I can sell this for what I want to sell it for. I don't know if it's worth that. Right. And you, you don't have the proof to, to suggest that it is and nobody's biting um, you know, maybe you've, maybe you hand make something, um, whatever it is, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're a new coach or consultant. Maybe you do something similar to what, what I do. And again, like you don't have the proof, you don't have, um, the experience and the confidence. I don't want you to feel any shame around that because everybody starts somewhere. Right. And I think that you need to pat yourself on the back, first of all, for, for going for it, first of all, for putting yourself out there and starting a business and deciding to go out on your own and take your skills and market them in the open marketplace. Like that's really scary. And I think that you deserve huge kudos for doing that. But if you're not seeing the results that you want, then I think you need to put your lab coat on and look at why, right? And you need to sort of take that that ego out of it because that's where the shame is coming from, right? Shame is driven by our ego. And so you need to take your ego out of it and sort of zoom out, put your like your science coat on, your lab coat, your science coat. What is a science coat? Um, you need to put your lab coat on and you need to look really analytically and clinically at what's going on, right? Do you need to improve somewhere? 
are your prices too high for the quality that you're bringing to the marketplace right now? And remember that this is all temporary, right? Just because you're not, you know, maybe you don't have a certain level of experience to, to charge a certain price point, or maybe, um, like if you're like a designer or something and you're, you're still kind of like finding your style and developing your skills and, um, and figuring out what the market really wants right now and, and how to, to hone that so that you can produce it. Um, that's okay. Like where you are right now is not where you're going to be tomorrow. And it's not where you're going to be 10 days from now, 10 months from now, 10 years from now. What's important is that you don't stay where you are today. Even if you are bringing something excellent to the marketplace, right? If you just never improved, you know, in five years, it's not going to be excellent anymore because true entrepreneurs are always innovating. They're always bringing newer, better things to the marketplace. And every niche is evolving and innovating all the time right? Um, a good example of this is in uh, like brand design. The logos that were super popular, um, like the kind of style of like calligraphy and stuff like that, that was super popular like five or six years ago, most kind of higher end designers and experienced designers now will advise their clients against using those elements, against using those kind of scripts, against using like glitter and stuff like that, unnecessary florals, um, like weird color combos, you know, that good designers will advise their clients against using things that are no longer considered excellent, that are no longer considered amazing, because they want their clients to get that, that excellent result, right? They want to produce something incredible. They want to produce something excellent, right? Um, and the market has evolved. So they could have been using those things. Like, let's say this is obviously like 20 years out of date, but let's say you were a designer and 20 years ago, you were making logos using Comic Sans. And, you know, I I hope no one's ever actually used Comic Sans for logos, but it happens. So let's say 20 years ago, you were making logos using Comic Sans and everybody loved them and you were making so much money and everything was great. Today, if you, if your portfolio was full of logos, using comic sans, nobody would hire you because it wouldn't be excellent anymore. So I really want to stress that even if you are in a good spot right now, if you're feeling confident, if you have lots of proof of your work, we all have to keep striving and improving. And so if you're someone that, again, doesn't have that proof, hasn't been able to make the sales, isn't feeling confident, it's not just you. You're just at the beginning of this journey. And all you have to do is take that first step is start improving now. And you're going to be better tomorrow than you were today. And you're going to be better next week than you were this week. And over time, your confidence is going to grow. And the faster you learn and the faster you improve, the faster you improve. So sitting here stagnant and clinging to this idea of imposter syndrome and telling yourself, I I am amazing. It's just just that I feel like I'm not, but I actually am. And my offer is perfect. And it's just that people aren't buying it. And that's their fault. Like, these are some of the things that our ego can tell us. And we've all felt like that at one point or another. But the reality is that your ego is not going to fill your bank account. You're bringing an excellent offer to the marketplace and continuing to innovate so that you are offering what people want with a high degree of quality is going to fill your bank account. So If you are feeling like you're stuck in that spot, I want to give you permission to take the blinders off, to release any shame that you're feeling around your lack of confidence or around 
not producing the quality of work that you would like to be producing. And I just want you to start improving. I want to give you permission to just work on it. And if you're still actively trying to sell while you're working on it, then talk about that. Learn transparently in front of your audience, in front of your customers. Be like, I'm taking a course to improve this aspect of my service. I'm always striving to bring you better service. I'm always striving to bring you better products. Um, maybe you sell products. Maybe you could say to your customers, we've had some feedback about product X and we we have really value your input and we, we value your concerns. And so we've pulled this off the shelf for now and we are looking for a higher quality replacement. Let us know what you'd like to see. Like you don't have to hide in this like shameful hole of, of like working in the dark, trying to get better, you know, learn out in the open, improve out in the open. Um, this is going to build incredible customer relationships, when they see that you're committed to excellence, when they see that you are committed to innovation and bringing them the best of the best, whether that's through your services, through your products, through your experiences, whatever it is, when they see that you're committed to that, that builds a lot of trust. And they might not be ready to buy right now. You know, maybe they are looking for something more polished or more finished or better quality, but they will watch you grow and they will have so much respect for that when the time comes, when your offer is a fit for what they're looking for, you will be the first person that they think of. So that's what I want to leave you with today. I hope this was helpful for you and not too hurtful if you're feeling a little bit, a little bit offended right now. I just want to let you know that, that it's okay to not be where you want to be right now. We're all constantly improving. We're all constantly working towards, you know, being the best that we can be. And I want to give you permission to do that and permission to do that in front of your audience and in front of your customers, because you deserve to be excellent and your customers deserve for you to be excellent. So have a great day, you guys. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Self-Made Mamas podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe if you want more content like this and leave a review if you like what you hear. You can find more information about working with us at theselfmademama.com or connect with us on Instagram at selfmademama underscore. I can't wait to chat.